Good morning and welcome to Mount Hora Baptist Church worship service. Today, um, as we begin this new year, um, January 3rd, 2021, title of my message is Illusion and Reality. What a year 220 has been with the riots, natural destruction, political verbal wars, people's business being destroyed, the pandemic, fires, floods. I am personally glad that 220 is over. Beginning this new year, I think it's time for a review, a time to pause and look around and draw some conclusions and even deductions, a time for assessment in our lives. And I agree with it every year we should do that. I think that life is so difficult that it is a good thing at any time or for any reason to pause and to consider and to examine ourselves and to review our lives. I do feel that this is particularly the first Sunday of January 2021 is of unusual significance and importance. It is a time which demands that we should review this century to which we belong. Standing as we do a quarter away through this century, are we not compelled to say that no year like 220 has ever been so disappointing and has so falsified the confidence of optimistic predictions? Obviously, the great question that must arise are, what is the matter? What is the explanation of all this? What has gone wrong with this 21st century so far? Why do we find ourselves in our present condition and in our present position? Our contentions as Christian people is that there is only one adequate answer to that question, and it is the answer which is to be found in the book which we call the Bible. We do not conceive it to be part of the work of the Christian preacher to consider in detail all the various other theories we are familiar with and aware of them and could do so. But that is not the real function of the Christian preacher. The real function of the Christian preacher is to preach God's word. And in that, the biblical message starts on the assumption and supposition that everything else has failed. Then the Bible pronounces its message. There is no other explanation you can consider. I mean, you can look at the economic, the political, the social, and various other theories, but not one of them will provide us with an adequate explanation. There is always a gap, always something incomplete. And the Bible asserts without any apology whatsoever that all of these of necessary are inadequate because they leave out the most vital facts. Its claim is that it, and it alone, has the adequate explanation. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 127. We'll be looking at verses 1 and 2 today in this message. And I'll be reading from the King James Version. And follow along as I read God's Word. That's Psalm 127, beginning with verse 1. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. 
except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to set up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. This is a song of one of the wisest men in the Bible, Solomon. Let us pray. Father God, again we come to you, and as we read the scripture, we pray that your Holy Spirit will be with us and guide us through this time. And Lord, as we look at what this wise man said, the knowledge that you gave to him, as he looks on what life is, we pray that your Spirit will touch our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First of all, let's look at the biblical case. This psalm is probably written by Solomon, as I said moments ago, whom the Bible describes as the wisest of men, a man to whom exceptional wisdom was given by God. In these two verses of Psalms 127, we have a very perfect exposition of the biblical case and the biblical answer to man's dilemma and the problem of the human race. Here it is put in a very brief form and yet in a perfect manner. It is a kind of synopsis of the whole biblical teaching with regard to history and man's destiny in this world. Here we find these wise men reviewing history, looking at the whole course of human history. In his wisdom, he stops for a moment, and out of his vast store of knowledge and experience, having looked out upon the entire situation, and especially in the light of all he knew of the past, he comes to this solemn conclusion, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Solomon, of course, was primarily was thinking of the people of Israel, but it is a very simple thing to show that what was true of the people of Israel has been equally true of every other nation under the sun and is equally true also of every single individual that comes into this world. This is the biblical pronouncement with regard to people individually and collectively. People are always seeking for happiness. There is not one who is not seeking for happiness. Whatever their view, whatever their theory of life, every person is out for peace, security, happiness, prosperity, and a sense of satisfaction. People, in a sense, are always building a house, a home, a city, state, or nation. You go back and read the history of humans, not only the biblical, but even secular, and I think you will find that is what man has been doing from the very beginning. People want happiness, peace, joy, prosperity, and to find satisfaction for themselves in their lives and in the world. They also want to extend it as long as they can, so they fight diseases. For instance, we are fighting the coronavirus, and we fight, try to fight death. People try to make of this world a kind of house and a home in which they can enjoy themselves to their heart's content. But the great question is, have they succeeded? What has happened to this great human effort and endeavor throughout the centuries? Here is the conclusion at which this wise man arrived. 
He said, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. In other words, this man teaches here what the whole of the Bible teaches, namely that in the last analyst, there are only two ways of viewing life. You either face it with God or else you do not. You either base your ultimate philosophy on the fact of God or else you are quietly forgetting him and of trying to deal with your life and to plan your life without him and apart from him. You see, there is no fence straddlers when it comes to God, either God or self. That is a proposition that is laid down by Solomon. And we're going to look at this. In the light of 20 years of this century that have passed, and as we look at the future, that seems full of fearful apprehension. Is it not about time that we stop and review the whole position? What has gone wrong with this century? What is the matter? Why? Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. This scripture does not encourage laziness. The psalmist is not encouraging laziness and telling us that we have nothing to do but to sit down, to trust God will do everything for us. That's not his teaching at all. That is a travesty of his teaching. What this man is concerned to say is this, that the ultimate two positions are either one of complete self-reliance or else reliance upon God. The psalmist believes in work. He exhorts people to work. He shows the importance of having a number of mighty men in the land. But what he is concerned about is to know in what we place our faith and on what we ultimately rely on. So the final contrast is a contrast between self-reliance and reliance upon God. He brings this out very clearly by drawing a contrast between man's methods and ways of building a house and God's way of building a house. How can we find this durable satisfaction for which we are seeking in life? I say there are only two ways, man's way and God's way. So first of all, let's look at man's way. What are the characteristics of the human method without God? As he says in the scripture, toil and labor. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Here we find toil and labor, not only with sweat, but also with sorrow. He goes on to say in that scripture, It is vain for you to rise up early, set up late to eat the bread of sorrows, in verse 2. Now that is undoubtedly a reference to what you find in the third chapter of Genesis, where we are told that man, as a result of sin and the fall, was doomed by God to a life of toil and of sorrow, and told that he would eat the bread by the sweat of his brow. Here in this world, we have to eat the bread of sorrow. As we look around about us upon life, I think that that is perfectly evident. Look at all the toil and labor. Look at all the organizations, all the efforts. Look at all the machinery that is involved, the machinery of government without going any further. And as it obviously increases from year to year. You see, everything has become complicated. 
Like the scripture says in verse 2, it is vain for you to rise up early, to set up late, to eat bread of sorrows. That is man and is so typical of him. His method is one of endless complication. It is one of the endless strain and fatigue. He is ever rising up early, setting up late, planning, having his conferences, scheming, sweating, toiling, and laboring. We have a perfect example of it in the Bible. In Genesis, right at the beginning, man started by living in a place called paradise. His life was simple life. But the moment sin entered in, life began to become involved and complicated. Because man sinned, he had to lie to cover up his sin, and then he had to turn around and lie again to cover up that sin. Then you have the story of Cain. Cain's jealousy killed Abel. Immediately, you have an, have an involved, complex idea of life. That is always characteristic of man. And the business and the bustling, which ever characterized man's work and effort, Read your history books, and you will see it all. Look at the complication and the complexity of it all. What are they trying to do? They're just trying to introduce a system that will enable us to be happy. That's all. And the result? Harassed and perplexed. Even in his pleasures, man's pleasures, how involved are they? It's the effort, the money, and the time. Look at the organizations that are in existence in order to give him pleasure and entertainment. That is the great characteristic of a man's endeavor to find durable satisfaction. And it is always characterized by endless involved complications, toil, labor, sweat, sorrow, strain, and fatigue. Rise up early, setting up late, scheming, planning, and yet never seen to arrive at the goal. There is constant sense of insecurity. Consider the watchman in verse 1, the latter part of that verse. It says, the watchman waketh but in vain. Consider that. However successful a man may appear to be from time to time, he always has to have this watchman. That's what Solomon said. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. For everything man plans seems to be insecure. There is always an enemy. There is always a threat of an attack coming from some direction or another. This it true not only of nations, it is true of individuals. You read the biographies of politicians, professionals, businessmen. You will find there is always this jealousy, envy, and fear. There is always need of the watchman. Everything is insecure. Someone is always ready to rob you of, of that which you possess. It is true in every realm and department of existence. Though man plans and tries to build in a durable manner, there's always something threatening, and the watchman is always needed. The watchman waketh, but in vain. Solomon is a man who lived long ago, so many hundreds of years ago, and that is the conclusion to which he came. 
He looks at man without God, trying to make a perfect world for himself, trying to build a house, and that is what he sees, toiling, sweating, and after all, insecurity. The whole thing is liable to blow up at any moment. It is all in vain. It all comes to nothing. Yes, that is the result of absolute failure. There, very briefly, is the psalmist's view of man's effort and man's method when he forgets God. So let's look at God's way. Let us contrast that with God's method and God's way. First of all, it's just simplicity. The psalmist says, except the Lord build a house, right there. They labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. He says, it's vain for you to rise up early, set up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. What tragic folly it is to be reliant upon man, says the psalmist. When God is offering to do so much for us, and God's method is such an essentially simple one. This is the great message of the Bible, and how often it's illustrated in the Old as well as in the New Testament. How often did God deliver the people of Israel? In a sense, they had nothing to do. Sometimes they were hard-pressed, and the enemy was at the gate and threatened to overwhelm them. But while they were asleep, look at that verse, the latter part of verse 2. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. And while they were asleep, God sent pestilence, or would raise up someone to take their enemies away. Look at the latter part of that verse. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. How often did God bless his faithful followers in that way? While they were sleeping, God did everything for them. That is the great principle taught in the Bible everywhere. Well, what caused this? It is the principle of the free grace of God. It is just this, in a nutshell, that everything that you and I need is being offered us freely by God in the Lord Jesus Christ. It was while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5 eight. It was while we were yet without strength, God did this thing. God did this before you and I were born. God planned the way of salvation. He gave it to his beloved sleep. That is the very essence of the gospel message, and that is where this tragic folly of man comes in. Here is a man, bustling and busy, trying to find peace and happiness and joy, trying by means of education, culture, and pleasure, and worldly organizations, and various other things, and always ending in failure and disillusionment. Yet here, in utterly, Simplicity, on the other hand, is the very thing offered to us for which we are looking. 
in the grace of God and in the gospel of Jesus Christ, everything that man can need is offered him for nothing. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, meekness, temperance, faith, such are the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit that God gives to all who truly turn to Him and accept His Son, Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior. And it's free. How amazingly simple is God's method by contrast with the complexity of the world's method that comes to naught. And the result of God's way is that success and happiness and joy and security and peace and everything that man can desire are achieved and guaranteed. There briefly, we have watched the psalmist as he compares and contrasts the method of human self-reliance and the method of reliance upon God. Is it true? Say, come on, Pastor, I can't believe that. Is it true? Well, one thing I wouldn't even waste my time sharing you the gospel of Christ if I didn't believe it. Is the psalmist's message literally true? My reply is that the history of the people of Israel proves it abundantly. The simple truth about the state of the whole world. If you look at the world in general, or if you look at this country at this moment, must you agree with the words of the psalmist? I certainly do. Has man in all of his long history ever been quite so busy in trying to put himself and his world in order as he has been in this century? As he has been in the last century? Never has man expended so much energy in trying to put his world in order. But what is the result? What has it come to? Is it not simply and literally true to say, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it? Man, during the last hundred years, has been confident he could banish war. Man says, oh, all we need, all we need is to be educated. We only need to meet one another. We only need to mix more with one another. That is the way to get rid of war. We did that with all of our education, all of our culture, with all of our organizations and efforts. Look at the state of society in this country and in this world today. Without God, whatever man does with all of his cleverness comes to nothing. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And you know what? It is also true of the church for the last 50 years, and especially in this present century. In our folly, we have been trying to build and to run the Christian church without God. We have forgotten the prayer meetings. We forgot the Bible studies, and some even forgot the worship service, and have given up discussing the problems of the spiritual life. What have we relied upon? We have relied upon a, quote, a culture ministry, end quote. Men who can talk about philosophy, who seems to be experts on science, men who can display knowledge, 
Never has the ministry been so cultured and cultivated as it has been in this century. Yet look at the state of the church. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. It is equally true of the individual. Without God and his blessings, all is vain. On this first Sunday of 2021, if you set out to make life for yourself without God, you may think for a while you are succeeding, but I assure you, you will never be truly happy. If you're in the business or in a profession and it doesn't make any difference what you're in, there will always be somebody else. You will need your watchman. Every moment you live is at a moment in which you are just moving gradually, certainly, surely to the end of it all, and a day will come when you will be on your deathbed. Then you will ask, what have I done? The energy I have put into it, the money I have spent, where is my durable treasures? And you find yourself with nothing empty-handed. It will all be in vain, except the Lord build a house they labor in vain that build it. But there is another side to this matter, and thank God, through his son Jesus Christ. Look at the last part of that verse, as we mentioned before, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. How foolish is this human self-reliance apart from God. If we but turn to God, we shall experience blessings. Who are these people that he blesses? Who are these people? Who is this beloved one to whom he gives sleep? This person is simply those who acknowledge God. They are the man or the woman who starts out by saying before anything else, God, I owe my life to you. It is God's world. We must ever walk as under the eye of God. This person who acknowledges God, they are people who humble themselves before God and submit themselves to God's way. And God's way for us is that we should believe on his son, whom he sent into this world, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you looking for happiness, peace, joy in 2021? God says, it's all there for you. I provided it for you in my son. If you're in the arms of Jesus, you need not to appoint your watchman. You have security. You are safe. Whatever may come to you, I don't care what it is that comes to you, you are one with God and nothing can ever separate you. That is the security that can defy anything. Without Christ, all is vain. With Christ, come what may, what may we can say with confidence that we fear nothing because his promise is, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13, verse 5. I'm asking you today, would you like to start this near you off by receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Simple. All you have to do is open up your heart. Pray a 
maybe pray a prayer and say, God, I want you to come and live within my heart by the way of the Holy Spirit. And then you will see life change. I'm not saying that you're not going to have any problems in life. You will. But you have the power and the strength to get through these things. That's the whole point. You can't do it yourself. You've got to rely on God. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this scripture that you gave to Solomon as he wrote it down to help us today. And we pray, Lord, there's someone is listening out in their car or on the internet. We pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit may speak to their hearts and accept you as Lord and Savior of their life. Not only will you give us abundant life here upon this earth with peace, joy, all of these things, but also eternal life. And, and that means when we pass from this world, you will take us, you will meet us, and we will be in heaven with you. If we reject it, we reject you, we will try to do everything ourselves, then you will end up in hell. God, I pray that you may touch hearts now. In Jesus' name we pray, and we make this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.